SEO this week. Hey everyone, welcome. My name is Clint Butler and this is Digital Ears weekly presentation of SEO this week, episode number 41. Today we're going to talk about some Yelp SEO techniques, ranking infographics, and a whole lot more. So I'm glad you're here and enjoy the show. The first site we're visiting is Kissmetrics and it's about behavioral marketing. It's a close look at what gets customers clicking. First thing it does is it starts off with the definition of behavioral marketing, and then it goes into something that a lot of people are writing about, but little people are actually putting these step by step. Uh, this is how you implement it into their uh, content pieces. One thing here is how to set up ad-based retargeting inside of Google AdWords. Again, it's a step by step. Go through here and do X, Y, and Z, and plug it in and turn on your remarketing. It's very, very good. Uh, uh, explanation of the process and it'll help you get through it uh, actually rather quickly the downside is is there you have to actually is for the display network so unless you have displays like banner ads already developed go ahead and click on the link that shows you how to do it for the search network not too much different uh, but again really helpful information and then it goes into how to do the same thing on Facebook. Again, uh, if you should be leveraging these uh, marketing techniques, particularly uh, the behavioral stuff and the remarketing, because you're spending money or you're spending time and effort to get the visitors to your site in the first place. So, um, and, but most times they're going to come to the site and then they're going to read what you have and they're going to forget about you uh, after they leave because they're inundated with so much information. Now, remarketing helps you get back into the top of mind uh, for those visitors uh, and it's a great way to spend significantly less money to get people that already know you um, and hopefully like and trust you uh, to come back and eventually they'll become brand ambassadors, get on your email list and you don't even have to remarket to them anymore because they're on your email list. It also talks about how Amazon is leveraging remarketing. If you've been there and then you go to Facebook, you can see you can get inundated uh, with Amazon ads or you see the exact ad for the product that you were checking out. Uh, that's remarketing, Best Buy is using it, Expedia, uh, and more. And then finally, it closes out with some things you can do for your behavioral email marketing. Uh, and basically, you just kind of get them on the list and, and, hey, or you left the shopping or we want you to come back because you left the shopping cart. And it tells you how to use Kissmetrics to set that up uh, inside of your uh, that dashboard if you happen to be using that system. But you can look at it, leverage that, and then try to do it yourself uh, using whatever tool you're using as well. And then finally, it closes out with some demographic marketing, you know, looking, or specifically aiming at specific types of people. Uh, and again, this is information that you can get out of your remarketing pixels uh, if you have those set up. And you can set up different campaigns for the women, different campaigns for men, different campaigns for certain age groups, uh, married, single, homeowners, not all that kind of stuff. So uh, again, I, I, I invite you to read this post, if anything. Um, you're going to get some great ideas on how to leverage uh, remarketing and the uh, the ad spend that you're already doing. Uh, the next article is again on Kissmetrics and is inconvenience to opportunity, how to tackle the customer engagement gap. One thing here that I like beyond what other people have done is this actually explains to people what uh, you need to do in order to start with engagement. And that's define what engagement is. Um, you know, in social media, we talk about engagement as people who like you or who comment, who share your content. That's engagement. 
Um, and then the, the broader scope of engagement with the brand is you want them to do that on social media. You want them to do that on your website. You want customers to engage with your customer service panels. Uh, you want um, and, and more. So you have to define what are engagements for your business. For us, it's social media engagement, talking to us, engaging with us, having a conversation. Um, our current clients, you know, uh, using our customer support desk or our email uh, to talk with us and, you know, ask questions or find out information or maybe even, hey, I found this new thing. Let's try this too. Uh, that kind of stuff. Those are engagements for, for our business. So find out what an engagement is for you. This helps you kind of define that customer engagement and then it works into how you should be using the other members of your team to do that. So uh, in our case, we have the project managers, which typically, you know, is going to be me. Uh, and then we have our, our support staff that are do, building the links or writing the content or doing the web design or doing the web development. Uh, and then our customer support staff and how they are talking to your customers and having and creating conversation, creating a positive brand image for us so that they become repeat customers. And so much as you want to personalize the customer experience and then collaborate with your customers. Let's say they have uh, you, you're selling X product and they have an idea on how X product could be uh, turned into or uh, morphed just a little bit to become a new product or a new service uh, that they want to buy too. So, and you wouldn't know about that. You wouldn't know the customer is looking for that uh, unless you have an engagement piece in set uh, for them. So, this, again, this is a really good article. I hope you enjoy it. Next, we go to small business trends. Shoestring marketing doesn't have to be hard. Uh, read these simple tips. There are some good tips in here. Uh, leverage social media, create online content, become a commodity, and throw out, and use guerrilla marketing one thing i wanted to point out here is that they say that social marketing is free uh, they're kind of implying that content marketing is cheap uh, and becoming a commodity is cheap as well time is money for a business owner uh, you only only have so many hours in a day to dedicate to specific aspects of your business and, and marketing is one of those things that you're just going to have to do especially if you're going to go quote unquote shoestring market it you're going to need to at least dedicate for example if you're doing social media as a campaign campaign a marketing method two hours a day at a minimum uh, and, and probably even more when you're first starting out let's just just say for example you're just using facebook that's two hours where you're going in there you're sharing content you're talking to people that are uh in your in your in groups that are related to your niche uh you're talking on pages you're reaching out to specific personal profiles um and, and so much more so there's two hours in there uh, and for us we you know focus on the top five which is facebook twitter uh, Pinterest, uh, Reddit, and then maybe Instagram. Let's say you're doing an Instagram kind of thing. There's two hours on each one of those networks right there. And if your average uh, hourly rate is, let's say it's $125 to uh, pay an employee for um, to do all of this for you, that's $125 a day uh, times 30 days because you, you don't want to stop. You want to maintain consistent consistency and responsiveness on all of these networks. Uh, that's going to add up. So it, they call it, it says it's absolutely free, but it's not. There's, there's a lot of work in social media uh, marketing uh, that you need to consider when you're when you're doing this stuff so um, balance that how much is your time worth versus you know is it just easier to spend 
a little bit of extra money uh, with a professional and let them manage it for you. Uh, content marketing is the same way. Are you going to create it yourself? In that case, it's going to take you, you know, if you're not good at writing or you're not used to writing, you know, three or four hours to write your first article, you can probably knock it down to 30 minutes uh, eventually. And then you have to promote that uh, content. You have to get the graphics together for that content. You have to, I don't know, maybe let's say you're doing a videos. You have to add that to it. You have to do the keyword research, the market research, the um, and the topic research. So all of that stuff's going to take time too. Uh, while you don't have to do as much content marketing uh, as you grow, however, in the beginning you're going to need to do it at least you know two or three times a week, just so you can get some more long tail and more branding out there uh, in front of the world. So, uh, again, this is another thing. It's you know shoestring is one thing, um, but being cheap is a completely different thing. So make sure that you're balancing that out. Uh, when you're making decisions on what you want to take on and what you don't, particularly if marketing and if you don't have a marketing background uh, or you're not savvy on the marketing of your particular product, but you know you have a great product, you need to get it out there, then you probably shouldn't be uh, quote-unquote shoestringing these. You should be looking for the uh, people that will give you the amount of stuff or the return on investment for what you have available. Uh, like in our case, the lowest paying client we have is $800 and, and his return on investment is great. But we know we're only ranking three or four pages. He's not doing content all the time, uh, that kind of stuff, but he's getting uh, more than enough back from the phone calls we're generating from him. You need to look at that too. Does your balance, can you support $800 for the long term uh, a month for an SEO campaign? Uh, AdWords is the same thing. Let's say you want to spend uh, $1,000, $5,000, $10,000 a month for AdWords. Um, you need to think about the other things that go along with AdWords and managing it yourself. You have to do the optimization every day, setting up the keywords, testing ads, A-B testing ads, uh, landing pages, um, ad copy, etc. So there's two, three hours a day that's gone right there managing your five, ten thousand dollars spend. Uh, whereas we will do it for you for free. You give us the ten thousand dollars, and we spend it and, and get your results. So um, again, you need to, like I said, think about what shoestring means to you and how much money and time you actually have. Uh, because the less that you invest in your marketing, the slower your business is going to grow and the less time or the more time that it's going to take to see an actual return uh, on your entire business investment, not just your marketing investment. The next site we're looking at is uh, marketingsherpa.com, and this is a social media marketing, should I include paid influencers in my marketing spend? Basically what this article talks about is if you've ever seen a... Um, I'm going to use YouTube for example, unboxing videos or videos where they, you know, testing or comparing and contrasting phones or, um, you know, looking at the way Xbox or PlayStation was built. That was actually a pretty interesting one where a guy actually physically took apart a PlayStation to show you the different components and why that one's better than the last one, etc. Uh, those are influencers and they're typically called micro influencers because they have a audience. But they're not quote unquote celebrities uh, who would have you know a 
completely broad audience. Uh, and, and if you're a big market and you can afford to pay a for a celebrity endorsement, then, then knock yourself out. But typically, if you're an e-commerce store or something like that, you want to look out and seek out these micro-influencers. And basically what you do is you reach out to them. You say, hey, we want to, can you do a video or a article or, or a review of our product? And they're going to typically say, yeah, sure, it's going to cost this much uh, and send the product here. And then that's it. You send it to them. They do up the article or the review and quote, unquote, give you an unbiased review. Obviously, they're paid. You're, you're paying them to do it. You're paying them to look at your product. You're giving them a free product. So there is a monetary invest, investment into it. Uh, and they, um, But you're not influencing that, that review in any way. So it could come out. You could give it out, you know. 10 of your products to 10 influencers and get 10 bad reviews. So there is that. So you want to have a good product, obviously. Uh, and basically that's what this article is discussing and whether you need to, you should leverage it or not. Personally, I think if you're, especially if you're e-commerce, uh, you're brand new and you want to get your, uh, your, your product out there, I would go ahead and, and do this. It's going to cost you a little bit of money. Maybe you do one a month for, for, uh, or maybe even one a week, depending on, uh, the results and the, how much you got to spend. But I think this is a good opportunity to, uh, get your brand out there on the cheap obviously not free but on the cheap and you get some really good exposure uh, that'll help you when you're starting doing your other more higher cost marketing campaigns next site is a uh, practical e-commerce is five groups of shoppers you're likely ignoring again you might not typically be ignoring them you maybe just not even know that they're there uh, one is the you know typically everyone's marketing like in the back to school uh, sense to college students. These are freshmen. They probably don't have any money anyway, uh, for the most part. Uh, so why why market to them specifically when you can market to people that uh, have a little bit more money? They're living in a home or apartment. They're attending college uh, on their own, uh, and 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 just go the in the older college bound demographic is, is what how they put it in the article uh that's a pretty interesting audience another one is uh life hackers are those people that are doing diy stuff um minimalists and then uh two that i i think are really cool is people who ones that prefer locally made so uh, as simple as adding the made in the usa badge to your site if your products qualify uh and then also Increasing the quality of the descriptions and the images of your products uh, or even adding video uh, will help increase your conversions. I know that that's marketing to a specific thing, but basically what you can do is maybe have a um, five different landing pages for your product and test out different marketing campaigns to different demographic styles uh, and behavioral styles uh, if you want to go that route but um, I think that if you're just enhancing the product descriptions giving better examples of it then they can say hey that one is better than the one I have I'm going to buy that you can use your analytics to find out some of this stuff too so I think it's pretty cool this is a good article it's a nice short read I think you'll enjoy it 
Next is a uh, SEO case study, zero to 100,000 visitors in 12 months on search engine land. I'm going to go ahead and let's say the elephant in the room uh, that I found is, as I was reading, this is not really a case study. It's more of a how-to article. Um, the case study is basically what you do is you say, here's where I did exactly. Here's the results that I got from, from doing that. Uh, in this case, they kind of say, hey, this is... This is the results that I got from doing this entire method, um, but they don't say um, how one factor, you know, increased traffic and step by step stuff that you see in a typical real case study. All in all, however, I think it gives you a great uh, way to uh, look at the the uh, building a website and getting some easy wins off it. And based off of your keyword research and kind of developing out the the problem is there's no you know what market is this uh is there any paid ads uh and that kind of stuff so if you're going to do a case study then you kind of have to release more information uh, unfortunately for us in our in our industry uh people who do release case studies and, and identify websites end up getting uh negative seo or other things just because of the way uh you know, you have, you have, I guess you can just go ahead and say it. There's dickheads in every industry and we have ours. So, um, that's the downside of, of writing case studies. Uh, but you can have, a, a, it's really good content and it's a really good learning experience, especially if you're writing down, uh, stuff that you're doing already and, and monitoring the results like that. There's free content right there for you. Uh, especially if you, if you want to share it. In this case, he, he wrote some some things that he's doing uh, to rank this website. He did it over the course of the year, how he got some links, um, how he uh, established Lincoln's acquisition channels. He's just creating content, creating uh, using uh, keyword research and then looking at other people and seeing what kind of content they're making and leveraging that information. And then just kind of go rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, and doing it over and over again, uh, eventually seeing a, a result. So I think it's a pretty good article, how-to article, uh, definitely a, a broad-term kind of thing to, to look at, uh, but I think you'll enjoy it and give you uh, a little bit of ideas on some things that you can do uh, for your website if you're not doing it already. Next we go to Moz. It's a three uh, B2B case studies that prove power of call to actions. Uh, I won't go into too much on this article in so much as the, the case studies. I think those were kind of weak. The What was really interesting is the analysis. It's called a psychoanalysis spreadsheet. And they looked at top or call to actions for 100 different SaaS landing pages. And this is, if anything, it's going to be a great spreadsheet for you to use as a swipe file when testing your own call to actions. And this kind of illustrates why it's so important to do it. Uh, and testing out and testing different words and uh, learning about friction and how the more fields you require, the more friction meaning. That, and But in return, it could mean that you have a... Um, a higher motivated buyer at that time too, so uh, you have to balance those two out to find the you know the quote unquote sweet spot uh, for your particular uh, marketplace in your business. There's also some examples of what you can do to change uh, call to action button text uh, to increase a uh, conversions. Uh, one example I liked in here was schedule a demo today versus free five-minute demo video. And the free five-minute demo video blew away the schedule of demo video uh, 
right out of the water. So we're going to test one of those and something like that on our site too and see how that works. Again, uh, the the studies in here are actually kind of weak, but the actual source document for all of them is actually really cool. So read the article and check out that psychoanalysis uh, spreadsheet uh, for sure. Next is 14 video production tips to enhance quality and drive views. This is on HubSpot.com. Again, uh, if you're unless you're a videographer, a lot of these things are kind of make your eyes glaze over. Um, but there are some basic things in here that you can check out. One of those is the uh, rule of thirds. Uh, there's some video editing techniques in there. But if you're not a videographer, let's not get wrapped around the axle a lot of this stuff the rule of thirds is great if you're doing interviews um the, the leveraging b-roll is great if you have some your soundtracks is great if you have some or access to some uh, you can get a lot of that stuff from uh, audioblocks.com for example uh, some good music in the background that works but you want to at least don't let any of this hinder you. And a lot of people will see posts like this and go, oh, I have to do all those things. I got to learn about tripods. I got to learn about lighting and all that other stuff. And that's just wrong. Turn on your your smartphone and just start recording videos. Uh, turn on your screen share software and, and, and start recording videos. Do that kind of stuff. Get comfortable with it. Get comfortable with the process. And then grow as you have to. Grow as you know, as I, as I like to put it. Um, for, for most people, you know, you're not going to make a full-blown commercial or high-quality uh, video studio. You're not going to have that stuff uh, right off the bat. So just make it. Uh, and worry about your sound, really. A lot of people will forgive you for um, crappy video um pixelation all that other stuff they'll forgive you for it uh, if as long as they can hear you clearly so go ahead and worry about your sound and then just make the videos that's what i'm going to say with that next is semrush.com it's seo audit essentials this is one of those uh rush chats that they have on twitter it's actually pretty good there's a couple questions in here seo audit checklists what seo issues can hold your conversions back uh, and uh, out of these issues, which would you first fix and why? Now, this is really, uh, if again, I, I like showing this off because you get some new perspective on the answers, but more importantly, I want you to take away from this how they leveraged their Twitter audience to create a piece of content on their blog. Uh, and you should try it out too, especially if you have an engaging Twitter audience. Uh, this is really handy. I, I like it. Uh, and I think we're going to try to figure out a way to do that. Our Twitter audience isn't really very engaging right now, but we don't have the brand that they have. Um, but I hope that you know we can we can improve that and, and leverage this purely off of our Twitter audience, but I'm sure we can figure out some way to kind of duplicate this. And then this is a newcomer. It's amberdesign.com, and their topic is Yelp, Ranking Factors, and Profile Optimization basically seo for yelp and as you know the you know yelp is very popular uh, with buyers and people who like to write reviews etc so the higher up in there maybe potentially you get some more traffic more interest to your business the uh 
this is something that not a lot of people were talking about, and I thought it would be a great share for everyone, uh, especially if you're in a local business space. And some of the factors include existence of reviews, relevant reviews, categories, and name of your business, uh, quantity and quality of reviews, reviews by elite members, and check-ins via the smartphone. And then it goes into how to optimize your profile and then some things that you should and should not do when you're asking for reviews from people, uh, especially uh, as they go around. I think you'll enjoy this. There is an on-site SEO checklist in here uh, at the bottom of the article. You click on that. It takes a little bit of time to cop up, uh, but it's. I think it's doing, uh, it's doing all right uh, for... For your website, it doesn't really uh, lead off into the Yelp stuff, though. So, um, again, if you're not looking for the website stuff, you go ahead and just skip that and go with the uh, read this article on optimizing your Yelp listings. Uh, you may find something in here that you didn't think of before, uh, but I think it may help you just kind of boost your ex- your exposure inside of the the actual system itself, and maybe get you a little bit more traffic. And finally, we're going to close it out with a uh, SEO video of the week. Obviously, we don't hold a lot of these um, because, frankly, not a lot of people are writing, making good content on, on video uh, for SEO. So in this case, Brian Dean actually created a good one. And it's not a new method, but it is actually a good one. And he gives you a step-by-step guide on how to pull it off and it's, um, using infographics on your uh, post to... Uh, get more backlinks. He gives you step-by-step how to create the graphic, how to find designers, uh, scripts to promote it, uh, scripts to um, get more uh, backlinks from it, and even in contextual backlinks, uh, and how to to pull that off uh, effectively with the outreach campaign. It's a short video. It's only a little bit, just a touch over 10 minutes long, uh, but Brian's really easy to listen to, so I think you'll enjoy it. And with that, that is the end of episode number 41 SEO this week. I'd like to thank you very much for listening. As you see, we're adding more sites as we go. Uh, we're getting better at finding some great content out there for you. So I thank you for your patience and your continued support of the SEO This Week show. And, oh, by the way, coming up, we're going to do a couple things. First, we're putting the show on iTunes. So you can download it in iTunes. That's going to be awesome. And two, we're adding a video section. Uh, or Not a video section, but an interview section where you just kind of reach out to industry leaders. We might do it once or twice a month. I haven't decided yet. Um, but, you know, just having a nice chat with people that are inside of our space that can provide us great information uh, and help you uh, market your business. The first two on the uh, on the chopping block are going to be uh, Ted Kubitis over at SEO Tools, and he's going to talk to us about uh, some keyword stuff and on-page optimization tools that he's created uh, that we've actually used for our clients that leverages very well. And we're also going to talk to Derek Booth about PPC. Uh, he is a go-to expert for PPC uh, and how to leverage that for not only uh, increasing your optimizations inside of your AdWords campaigns, but also your search engine optimization campaigns, especially for keyword research. We're going to learn about uh, learn about his little bit keyword 
research techniques. So I hope you uh, look forward to that. And that will be coming uh, probably next week. We'll have Derek. And then a week after, maybe the week after that, we'll have uh, Ted on. So with that being said, I hope you enjoy your week. Thank you for watching episode number 41 of SEO This Week. Mm-hmm.